Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Arnie's. Today, we are doing a very special bonus conversation about the new Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I've got my boy, Matt Johnson. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. This is a bonus I'm excited for. We don't get to talk about games too much, but now that's kind of the season we're in. You know, we got AC, we got the new consoles coming out, we got a new Spider-Man game, Cyberpunk might come out, or it'll get delayed again. Who the hell knows, but I'm glad we're starting off the gaming season with some Assassin's Creed talk, because I know you and I are both big fans of this series. Yeah, it has definitely been a slow year for gaming, it seems like. We had seems like we had a couple big months over the summer, and then since then it's been dead. So I'm glad that we are into the holidays and new games are coming out. Yeah, it was supposed to be, like, originally, I don't, I, obviously COVID changed things, but it, it was supposed to be, like, some of these bigger releases were going to be spread more throughout the year. Like, Cyberpunk was originally coming out in April, and then we got Last of Us delayed a little bit, Final Fantasy came out, um... And then some games just got delayed outright into, you know, 2021 or the future. And then, you know, usually we see with years when new consoles come out, kind of the launch lineup is usually a bit weaker. You know, Halo, even they launched the, the, the new Xbox, but had to delay Halo. So they don't even have that. And who knows when that'll come out. So it's just it's, it's been a weird year for games for sure. And a large part due to kind of how working conditions have to change. So, well, you know, we'll take what we can get, I guess. Well, uh, everybody, if you're just joining us for the first time, we are the Arnies. Uh, this is myself, my buddy Matt, and we do have a third co-host, Keith, who is normally on our main episodes. Like we said, though, today is just kind of a special bonus episode. Matt and I have been playing the new Assassin's Creed, and we just wanted to get together and share our thoughts about it. Last, kind of the last deep dive we did gaming-related, we did talk about, like, favorite current gen games a while back so that's in our podcast feed wherever you get your podcast itunes apple Podcasts, google play amazon music spotify all that good stuff but the last like really big one we did was we did a full breakdown of the last of us part two after we beat that so it's been a while so i'm excited to kind of obviously we can't go that much in depth because neither of us have beaten the game um so it's just kind of like a review up to this point i guess and everybody who has been listening kind of on a weekly basis, we are making a conscious effort to get more gaming content into our feed uh, in 2021. Matt and I are going to be working on kind of a bonus little sideshow that we'll put out monthly. So stay tuned for that. But for now, let's go ahead and get into Assassin's Creed. Like Matt said, we are only like, I think we're each like 40 hours in right now. So we're not done yet, but I think we have played enough of the game so far to kind of have our opinions and share our thoughts so far on what we think of this one. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and start with just our general thoughts on the Assassin's Creed series so far. And really more recently, they have taken a turn into more of an open world RPG based games, you know, with Origin, Odyssey, and now Valhalla. So Matt, why don't you tell me your thoughts on that and some of the recent additions before we get into Valhalla? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I stand when it comes to the majority here. It's something I've thought about a lot. Assassin's Creed has certainly been one of my favorite series for a long time. Um, yeah, I, th I think Assassin's Creed 1 was a game a lot of people were really excited for and then really ended up letting down uh, both critics and kind of people that were excited for alike. So kind of a tough spot to start your franchise. But then they kind of bounced back with Assassin's Creed 2. And from that point on, I was such a huge fan, you know, with the Ezio trilogy, um, Black Flag. I was not a big Assassin's Creed 3 fan, but still great stuff in there. Uh, Unity, even I loved it. I know people hate Unity because of the bugs and stuff, but once you actually play the game, I loved it. Syndicate, same thing. I love London, so really getting to kind of explore a semi-modern version of that was so cool. So I, I love all these games. But yeah, like Austin mentioned, in the last few years, after taking a couple years off, 
um, they came back in a big way with Assassin's Creed Origins, which really leaned more into the RPG open world Witcher elements. I know people use the Witcher to describe everything, but it is an apt comparison. And, you know, since then they've done Odyssey and then take another couple years off to do Valhalla. And yeah, I'm curious to see what your thoughts are. I, I think ultimately, I think it's a fine change. I get it. I know games have kind of in recent years leaned more into these longer open world with a focus on exploration type experiences, especially for AAA games. So I get it, but I, I don't love it. I honestly wouldn't mind going back to how it used to be with the AC series where it was kind of more focused on character and story and just really making use of the time period to the fullest. And I, I think what we have here with the last three games, both Valhalla, Origins, and Odyssey, is it's these huge open worlds, but I mean, and they're beautiful, but it's like they're so barren in a sense. I mean, there's so much they cram into the map, but it's really kind of few and far between in terms of like settlements and people and quests and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I don't, I honestly don't know. It's something I want to play more of Valhalla to see if that opinion changes. But as of right now, it's not, a, it's not a change I've been that big of a fan of, but I do like the actual RPG elements. Do I like the open worlds and the characters and the stories as much? No, but I do like, um, kind of building up my own assassin in a sense. Yeah, I think that's the aspect I appreciate most of what they've currently done with the game is, is really building your own assassin. Um, I know they've tried, especially with Odyssey and now Valhalla, I know they have tried to add in like some dialogue and some choices. And I think in Odyssey, the choices really didn't have a, as big of an impact on, on the game as I would have liked. So I'm curious to see how the decisions I've been making in Valhalla really impact the ending and if, if there are actual consequences for my actions. So I think, I think that's the thing I kind of hope they get more into with future games. It's really making it feel like... Um, that it is your own choice and that you are building your own assassin. So I think for me, I, I kind of really like the twist that they've been taking and I hope they do kind of continue down this path. I don't really know how like a self-contained action adventure, like classic Assassin's Creed would work in today's gaming environment. Like kind of like you said, more, more and more companies are trying to make larger open world games that last longer. So I, I just don't really know how, how a self-contained game would work really in this world anymore. I do certainly appreciate the older games and the Ezio trilogy will always be one of my favorite in gamings, but I'm just not sure if that would work today. I kind of appreciate the more content and, and being able to spend more time with the game. Yeah, it's definitely something, you know, I've, I always joked that if you're someone that only can afford to buy one game, buy Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Because, I mean, you just can spend hundreds of hours in that game. So there's something to be said for that, where there's enough content to really sustain you for almost like an entire year or more until the next Assassin's Creed game comes out. So there's something to be appreciated there. I guess my like last thought on it is the original Assassin's Creed games that were these smaller, more contained experiences... To me, those were some of the best in terms of gaming when it came to story, character development over time, passage of time, combat, um, and stuff. Yeah, there, there were shitty things about them too. I'm not, I'm not, you know, not, I'm not saying that, but I mean, like the escort missions and stuff like that people make fun of all the time. But that being said, when it comes to these new games, I, while I think the old Assassin's Creed games were kind of a pinnacle of that game type, I don't think these games are. These are not the best open world RPG games. Um, no, certainly not. And so, I think they have a chance to be in the future. Yeah, though. sure. Absolutely. If, if they continue to evolve. When it comes to that, something that I think should be noted is I really don't think Valhalla is much of a uh, advancement when it comes to Origins or Odyssey. I think that's something that should be said. It kind of feels the same. And maybe that's why I'm getting a bit burned out on this 
kind of modern take on the series because like I spent so much time in Origins and I loved it. And I did like how they kind of put this um, smaller story inside this huge world. And whenever they announced it was Egypt, I was like, how the hell is that going to work? I mean, it's going to be so barren, right? And it was to an extent, but it still felt so great to explore and it was beautiful. And then when I got to Odyssey and I started playing that, I was like, almost immediately, I was like, yeah, I just, I spent so much time in Origins, it's only been a year, and I feel like I'm doing the exact same thing, it looks mostly the same, um, and I had to put down Odyssey for a long time before I had the urge to come back. And since playing Valhalla, I do feel a bit more reinvigorated since they took a year off, but I, I still am, get, in the back of my head, I still do feel that way, where it's like, I kind of just feel like... I did all this stuff with Origins and Odyssey, and now this is the third time you're making me do it? Like, I don't love it. I, I enjoy playing it, but it, I'm, it's not, like, this amazing, memorable experience for me so far. Yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from with that. I just think, um, for me, you know, I think, like like we talked about in the other episode, Odyssey was one of my favorite games of, of the last console generation now with the new consoles coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like that story was so much fun. Um, ancient Greece is just the time period I think is so interesting. Yeah. So being able to really live and explore that world was, was really a treat for me. And then Origins too, you know, being set in Egypt was a, a setting I'd never really been to in a game before. So mm-hmm. I thought that was awesome as well. And I, I really enjoyed exploring that world. Um, and, and we'll get into it, but that's kind of how I feel about Valhalla too. It is really a unique time frame. I know, I know Viking stuff has been done in, in recent games, especially like God of War, but playing as like an actual Norse Viking trying to build a settlement, I think is, is a really interesting aspect of this one and something I've really been enjoying. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think the setting is really interesting. While it does feel a bit hollow exploring the world, it's like it just feels like you're constantly going through a, sw- a swamp, a forest, a swamp. A forest, you know, it's kind of it's kind of just the same <laughs> shit. But you know, whenever you kind of pull back and look at it as a whole, it is really cool that we have like this huge budget accessible video game that takes place in a version of England none of us can even really fathom, aside from some movies. And obviously, Assassin's Creed, the, the devs and people behind it really do take care to try and give us some sort of historical accuracy when it comes to the world itself. So it is cool, kind of going around and seeing how things could have looked and then going to London, which like I was talking about with Austin a little bit about, it's really cool (laughs) going to this little small version of London and going to like the Thames River and seeing where we explored in the, in the world of the game over a thousand years later in something like Syndicate and seeing how the world has changed inside the world of Assassin's Creed and also knowing how that it is in real life. It's really cool, like being in a version of London from over a thousand years ago. So there is, there is an excitement to exploring this world set in the past, which is something that, like you mentioned, Origins and Odyssey have certainly focused on more than the other games. It's like, I mean, we've gone back to, you know, BC, like far into it and to explore the origins of the Assassins and Templars and the other games. And now we're in the year like 800 around there. So yeah, we're, we're seeing stuff that we did not see when it came to the, the Italian Renaissance or the Crusades or something like that. Yeah, so before, we are going to throw up a spoiler warning here in a second, but before we get into our actual roundtable discussion, let me just ask you one really quick non-spoiler question. Should people play this edition of the series? I think if you're a fan of Assassin's Creed, if you're a completionist like me, then yeah, I think you should pick it up. I think you'll get something out of it. And I do hope that as I continue to play it, it will my experience will evolve and get more exciting and something I can recommend a bit more, I suppose, enthusiastically. Now, would I recommend it to just somebody that likes video games and maybe isn't a huge Assassin's Creed fan, but maybe saw some Valhalla trailers and was like, oh, that looks kind of cool. 
I, th- I think, yeah, I think give it a try. Why not? You know, obviously it's hard to recommend stuff with games sometimes because they are very expensive, but it's a beautiful game. The story seems at this point to be fun enough and the world exploration is cool. And so I think you'll get something out of it. It's certainly not a bad game up to this point. It's just for me as a diehard Assassin's Creed fan, it is getting a bit kind of a slog at times as it feels a bit too familiar, but I think, you know, if you're not a if you're not a fan or you are a big fan, you still will get something out of it because I am overall enjoying the experience. Yeah, I think I'm also going to give uh, an enthusiastic yes to that question as well. I think especially um, if you are a fan that maybe skipped uh, Origins and Odyssey just oh, maybe yeah. because those didn't intrigue you, I think you definitely should pick this one up. They do make an effort to incorporate older elements of the Assassin's Creed franchise into this one. That's true. And that's something we're going to talk about more in detail. And I also think if you're a newcomer to the franchise, pick this one up as well because you are going to be really entertained. Um, I think of this like modern trilogy, um, you know, Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla. Uh, honestly, right now, I think Valhalla might really be my favorite. I'm really, really having a good time with the story, and I just can't wait to get back to playing it. Yeah, that's a good point. If you're somebody that is new to the series, but particularly if you're someone that has taken a break because Assassin's Creed became a yearly franchise and you got burned out a while back, I, I yeah, I think you should definitely pick this up in that case. If, because for, like for me, like I just said, there, I think the reason I'm feeling a bit kind of bogged down at times with this game is because I played so much of Origins and Odyssey. But if you didn't or you didn't play them at all, then I think this would be a great time to come back into the Assassin's Creed series. Okay, well, let's throw up a spoiler warning now. We are going to kind of talk no holds barred about what we've played so far. So if you care about spoilers, turn us off now, play the game and then come back and listen to what we think and let us know if you agree or not. Shoot us a message on Instagram at the Arnie's. Let us know your thoughts on Assassin's Creed as well. All right, let's do a quick little plot summary. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you're playing in the Viking Eivor's shoes. He's a member of the Raven Clan who is led by his brother Sigurd. You, Sigurd, and your clan um, basically leave Norway because uh, it's coming under rule of one king and you want a chance to make your own mark on the world. So you leave Norway and go to England. And the whole point, at least from what we've seen so far, the whole point of the main story is to work on settling this colony in England. So you're tasked with kind of building alliances throughout the world, um, overseeding kings, installing new kings, and really working to build your clan from just a small little village into a thriving city within London. Yeah, and then also the Brotherhood uh, plays kind of a role in the background of this one. Um, there really is an effort to incorporate more of the actual Assassin's Creed mythology into this one. So yeah, anything you want to add to that little summary, Matt? Yeah, I think that's a pretty solid plot summary. Um, I don't know if there's anything I want to add. I think I think you kind of nailed it. I do think, like you mentioned earlier, it is cool seeing a focus on the Brotherhood, not necessarily in the forefront, at least not to this point that I've been playing, but in the background for sure, because with AC Origins, that, you know, literally was like the origin of the of the hidden ones, as they're called. And I actually had some criticism at the time. I was like, they're calling this Assassin's Creed Origins, and we're supposed to be like, oh, wow, like they're leading up to the creation of the Assassins. But in reality, that was really only the last couple missions of the game where it felt it felt a bit forced, yeah, at, honestly, real. where like out of nowhere, like the last kind of fight is coming up and it's like they just band together. We're the hidden ones. It's like, oh, OK. Um, overall, still a great game, though. And then Odyssey, going back even further to kind of talk about the Templars and the Order of the Agents. So the Assassins obviously couldn't really play a part there besides the DLC that came out. 
So here it was really cool to see them kind of since we're closer to the start of Assassin's Creed 1, we actually get to see some of that more and it's a bit more developed. And I think literally 20 minutes into the game, you're introduced to an assassin, which was like really cool, especially as a longtime fan of this game. Yeah, for sure. That was interesting. And then, yep, the main plot's pretty bare bones, pretty simple, at least for me so far. I'm not too far in, but I am past the point you mentioned. So that certainly seems like the goal. So it it is kind of funny thinking back to the trailers, though, because they were like basically telling us, we're going to show you why the Vikings weren't so bad. Like, I remember a scene in the trailer where they're all like playing with their kids and they're happy go lucky. And then they're doing a raid. And like, there's a point where they could kill a woman and child. And they're like, no, don't do that. But then in this game, it's just like, we're just raiding and taking over London. And I almost feel bad at times. I'm like, I get why we came here because we don't want to be under the rule of this Norwegian king. But at the same time, it's like, we are taking this land. Like, you know, we kind of deserve what's coming to us. Uh, I love it though. Dude, I think the raids are so much fun. Like Every time I start one, I'm like, yeah, give me my torch. Let me burn that hut to the ground. Yeah. No, they are, they are fun mechanics, the raids. So. Okay. So as we mentioned, we are both about 40 hours in. However, you and I tend to play games a little bit differently. So why don't you tell me where you are at in the story? Because I have a feeling I may be a little a little further along in the main story. And then I'll let you know where I'm at before we get into our discussion. Yeah. I think based on an earlier conversation, I think you might be a lot further in the game. But I um, obviously, I got through all the stuff in Norway, which is kind of a prologue, I guess an extended prologue, you could say. And you can travel to Norway, you can travel back. But I left for England and then got the camp set up and kind of the initial idea is let's go form some alliances with some of the neighboring clans and Vikings that we think are here. So we have some allies. So the first two they give you is Lerichestershire and uh, <laughs> Grantabridgeshire. So uh, yeah, so basically one of them involves teaming up with Sigurd to go find some other uh, Norse potential the sons, the sons of, of Ragnar. Ragnar. Yeah, I remembered it right as you said it. Yeah, the sons of Ragnar. And you're trying to displace a bad king, get one of your own in there. That's kind of that storyline. And then the Grantabridge one is you're trying to meet up with another ally. Soma. Soma. And there could be a traitor in the midst. And you're also trying at the same time to take down another member of the opposition that, of course, is revealed to somehow be involved with the Order of the Ancients, a.k.a. the Templars as well. So I just finished both of those. So I'm done with those two initial. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm done with those two initial kind of ally recruitment or whatever you want to call it. But I have done one other big kind of lengthy storyline. I'll wait to see if you bring it up just because it wouldn't really be a great segue for me right now. So yeah. So based on what I just said, (laughs) how much farther have you gone? Okay. So I, um, like I said, you and I play games differently. I feel like you get really sucked into just kind of exploring at your own pace and kind of doing collectibles. Whereas I, you know, tend to to dive in. I'm more of like a checklist person. So I dive into storylines, like main storylines, like as soon as I can to get stuff checked off my map. So I have pledged every territory under power level 130. So I think I have six pledges right now, six alliances. Okay. And I just finished up pledging London. And then I um, also did another separate storyline, which I think is separate than the one that you're referring to. I don't think so. Um, and then I, I have just started the the pledging that starts with the town that starts with an S and uh, Chailbert is involved in that one as well. Okay, yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, so for context, you've basically pledged six, I've pledged two, but 
I mean, I, I would be shocked if the storyline you're referring to is different than me. So you're referring to Asgard, aren't you? I am referring to Asgard. I have done the okay. Asgard storyline. So I have done Asgard, but then there is an, an additional yeah. separate map storyline. I'm a high enough power level. I just haven't gotten to it. But yeah, that's the Jotunheim quest line as well. So that's kind of this. No, it's Vinland. Oh, I haven't done that. Yeah, that's not a spoiler, but there is a there is another area called Vinland, which you'll go to eventually. Okay. And what I mean by not a spoiler, it's not a spoiler for you. No. Like it won't it won't take away from your experience from the game. So I'm certainly behind. I, I yeah, whenever I get into games like this, and honestly, this probably might lead to the, the, the very reason that I'm kind of burnt out of it, because I just kind of feel a compulsion with Assassin's Creed. Maybe it's a little bit of... I don't know what, like a need to kind of collect everything and see everything. So once I get into it, I jump into, in this case, the territories themselves. I want to go through and try and do some of the side quests. I want to see what some of the collectibles might look like and how that might enhance the experience and what collecting them can actually get me in the world of the game. Um, So yeah, that's kind of what I like to do. That's certainly why it's taken me a lot of time. But the side quests have been interesting and fun, so that's that's been filling up most of the time because some of those are a bit longer. And also in this one, like they they do a really good job at making exploration fun. Like for me with these type of games, like I tend to get through the main storyline really fast, like a really any open world game I play, and then I go back and do all the side stuff. But with this game, they I don't know what they did, but they really captured a sense of exploration and, and I've I found myself really getting caught up in side stuff and just wandering the map in between main missions, which is not something that usually happens to me in these type of open world games. Yeah, I yeah, I, I honestly probably should change it up and do a bit more of the story just because once I kind of clean up a territory, I go and try and do some of the story stuff. But then, you know, that whole quest line just kind of takes me to a lot of the locations I've already been. Uh, so I probably should mix it up for the uh, like maybe the next couple storylines just to kind of see how that goes, because I I think maybe if I focused on the story a bit more, at least for a little bit, I might kind of get reinvigorated in the game and what's going on as opposed to just going off on my own, doing my own thing, and then just coming back to the story after long periods of time and forgetting what even happened. So yeah, I think I'm going to mix it up going forward. Also something to mention, just because it's a brand new game and this is something that is important to talk about, certainly when it comes to whether or not you want to put money into a game or if you want to wait have we run into any glitches or bugs? Yes. <laughs> yes. Short answer for me as well is yes. I know this plagues games at launch, and I, I I will admit, you know, Valhalla is a bit of an exception because, as we know, it is intended as a next-gen game. So whenever you have to kind of, for us who is playing who are playing it on uh, older systems, you, the PS4, me, the Xbox One, you have to kind of, you know find a way to make it work on those as well. So I get it. I get it's not easy, but it should also be noted that as we know, almost famously, Ubisoft is not the best when it comes to launching their games. They do often launch with a lot of bugs and glitches and sometimes massive problems. That calls back to another Assassin's Creed game. There are people that like didn't buy Unity because it was such a broken game at launch. It literally broken. It did not work. I'm glad you brought up Unity because yeah. when I played Unity, for me personally, I know you and I, I think, enjoyed Unity more so than the rest of the world. Uh, I think for the most part, we had a pretty good experience with Unity. In terms of like actually hampering my experience playing the game, I didn't have a whole lot of issues with Unity. This game, though, I cannot make it more than three hours without this thing crashing on me. 
and I guess it's a testament to the fact that I enjoy the game so much because I'm I'm willing to go through the process of on, on PS4 for me it's we got to diagnose the error and all that crap. So like I have it ta- it's like a 15 minute process to get back into the game, and it happens all the time. Like I kind of expect it. Like it's whenever I'm entering a story mission is when it crashes for me, and that's getting really old. Um, like the world sometimes breaks and I fall through it. My boat, for some reason, sometimes spawns on land. So, like, for me personally, this is the glitchiest Assassin's Creed I've ever played. Yeah, it is for me, too. I've run into so many glitches. I've had stuff as small as, like, achievements not unlocking. I've had stuff like um, I try and start a mission and it doesn't work. The one that I have constantly, which just makes me want to, like, throw my controller, is I'll run into a raid, (laughs) right? And I'm not sailing up to it. I just, like, run up to it. And I use the horn to start the raid. And then I'm like shit, I need some help. Where are my guys? And then I like try and open a door or something to get wealth, like force it open, which you have to have one of your members there and nobody comes. So then I have to like look at the map, see where the boat actually like parked up and then run down to it. And they're all just sitting in the boat. They're just sitting there. So then I have to run into the boat and then try and take command and start a raid that way. And sometimes it works, mostly it doesn't. So then if I've killed a bunch of enemies or try to get some of the wealth, I'll have to basically sail far enough away to get out of conflict and then fast travel back to my boat and then start the raid. And for some reason it works, but it's like, it's just, some people might say, well, then just do it that way. But it's like, I shouldn't have to. And then Austin, I mentioned this to you already. This is the biggest one that really is starting to like, just kind of dampen my spirits. And admittedly, maybe this reflects on my opinions on the game as it should fairly, but maybe in some senses unfairly, but I've lost a lot of progress in this game. Um, the main one I told you about was one of the first nights I was playing. I was doing manual saves and obviously auto saving, but I was manually saving the game every so often. And then I got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm done for the night. So I saved it manually and then I just exited out like normal. And then I like opened another app and then like almost immediately I was like, oh shit, I wanted to uh, go like just grab this one more thing in Assassin's Creed before I turned it off, before I forget in my settlement. So I turned it back on and the game, I hit continue. I'm not paying attention. The game starts loading and I notice that Eivor in the loading screen like is wearing different stuff. I was like, oh, what's that? I don't remember that. And like the shield, I haven't had that shield in a long time. That's weird. And then the game loads up and I'm still wearing it. I'm like, what? What's happening? Let me go in my inventory and switch up my stuff. And I don't have it. And then I look at where I'm at in the story. I think I would have cried. I had to do the entire Letichester arc all over again. I just completely skipped all the oh. cutscenes. I muted it and just skipped every conversation and just ran through it. So, and that's all. I mean, that's a long story arc. I mean, the first time I played it, I took my yeah, time and it, that's a really it's a long couple one. hours probably. And then on top of that, I'd already done some exploring too. So I probably lost eight hours of progress. I don't know how you kept playing. I would have had to like take a break for like a week, I think, if that happened. Yeah, to me. it's probably why I'm slow in the story because after that happened, I like. I skipped through it and then I just wanted to explore. I did the Asgard stuff. So I did different stuff to get my mind off of it. But it happened again last night where I lost some progress. Uh, This time it was only, um, it was only like an hour and a half or two hours. But I mean, still. That's still too much, especially for an open world game. Yeah. I only lost exploration time. I wasn't doing a story mission. So basically I just came back in and I just did other stuff. I'm not even bothering with that exploration. I did. I'll do it some other time. So it won't really matter in the long run, but still really annoying and it's just like like i'll go into load it and it just says data corrupt data corrupt for everything like every single save file like 
all the manual saves I had made, all like five of the randomly generated, I don't know why there's so many of their auto saves. They're all just data corrupt. So I can't load it. I can't even save it. Like last night, there was a time where I couldn't even save my game because every time I saved it, even manually, it would just save it immediately say data corrupt. So then I couldn't load it. And I was like, if I leave this app and load it back in, I'm going to lose progress. So I just left it on. I haven't manual saved once. Maybe... Maybe just do it just like next time you play, just to be careful. Maybe it's better on the PS4, that aspect of it. I don't know. But I mean, I've lost, I guess, in total, probably 10 hours of progress. So it's just that that's it. That's a huge problem. That's a huge deal. And it's yeah, something it shouldn't happen. To yeah, you. it's something you shouldn't release a game this buggy. Yeah. And at this point, dude, like Assassin's Creed, this is the first one in two years. It's that took a year off. But it's like, I don't think anybody's going to complain if an Assassin's Creed game doesn't stick to its yearly schedule. Unity being so buggy was what caused them to, to take time off the first time they ever did in the franchise. Yeah, because so, Unity was like, so buggy. Think they would have learned. Yeah, Unity was so buggy. And then a the year later, they released Syndicate and their sales were very down for Syndicate in large part because people didn't want to play another Assassin's Creed game. They had to take a year off, like you said, and then like just change up the yeah. entire format. And they were burnt out on the formula too at that point. So... Yeah, so we have I've have I've had had huge problems with this game. Small stuff like missions not starting when I'm standing where I'm supposed to, or I have to like fast travel away and come back, and then it will work. Lots of stuff like that, but the big ones are the saves for sure. So it sounds like you know this Ubisoft launch is not necessarily any better than others. I keep waiting to see like a patch come through. Me too. And I haven't seen one yet, <laughs> which is shocking. I know, right? Shocking that. It hasn't come I through. keep checking my update. It's in every every review I've seen online mentions the issues. Every time I go on Twitter, issues with AC Valhalla is trending. So I'm shocked there hasn't been more patches. And I know they released one, and in order for people to get the game to work, they had to uninstall that patch. So they've even, they've even had issues with updating the game as well. Yeah, it's not good. So I hope they figure it out, and I'm excited for that update to come out because I feel like it'll make a difference. I just It's not happened yet, so I'm getting nervous because I don't want to lose any more progress, but... We'll see. That's kind of the main negative. Okay, well, let's go Let's go ahead and get into Eivor. He's our newest assassin in this one. What are your thoughts on Eivor, and do you like him within kind of the other assassins that we've been introduced to recently in this franchise? Yeah, so for me, Eivor is a she, mostly because I wanted to do that just to kind of mix it up. And I, you know, for a long time, of course, you know, being a young person, I just always played as dudes in games. So I'm, I'm just trying to do something different. And and also, I really hated the the voice actor that played Alexios in Odyssey. I thought he was actually pretty bad. And whenever I would see people play Odyssey from Cassandra's point of view, and we're having Alexios as the bad guy, it was way more compelling. I thought she just gave such a good performance. I'm not judging the, the dude that plays Eivor, of course. It's just like... Well, and that was actually a big criticism of Odyssey, was that Cassandra's storyline was way better and better acted. So much better that they made it canon. Yeah, that's true. But what I've heard about um, Valhalla is that both most uh, performances here are kind of equal. So they bo- they're both great in this one. Yeah, and maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but at the beginning of the game, they give you three options. You know, you can pick yeah. male, female, or whatever the default is. I picked the default, and I thought that was going to switch me back and forth, but I, that has not happened yet. I've been playing female this whole time, so I don't know if, like, at some point I'm going to switch to male. I do know that the, the concept here, in Odyssey, what they did was... Basically, there was two siblings and you were playing as somebody that they found DNA on the spear of Leonidas or something like that. And the whole thing was, oh, it's siblings. So it could be either of these people. And then you pick, are you going to play as the male or female sibling? Whereas here, it's from what I understand, the whole idea of them, 
you know, gender plays a role somehow into the into the animus or something. But I haven't seen that yet. So maybe if I kind of focus on the story for a bit and keep going, maybe something will change. I, I don't know. Did you pick male at the beginning or did you pick the, the, the default option? No, I consciously picked male. Okay. Okay. So maybe maybe I'll have something more interesting to say later. Like if, if that changes up and why, I'll, I'll be interested to see what the reasoning is. Anyway. Yeah. So I'm playing as a female Avor right now. And yeah, I think I think she's cool. I like her. I like I like the character. I like it does feel a bit more old school in the sense and Bayek had this a little bit and I guess Alexios and Cassandra did too. So I guess I'm I'm kind of speaking out of turn here. They all have it, but I think after Ezio and they further developed that into somebody like Edward Kenway. I think they realized that the big hits when it comes to characters in this series are ones that can be really serious and engage when you need them to be when it comes to the assassins and the story, but then also can have a really fun time, let loose, be extremely charismatic. I think those are the the characters that have responded most uh, positively with the fans. Some, And then on the flip side, somebody like Connor, who is probably one of the least liked heroes is because they're just so stoic and you really don't know what they're thinking or feeling and they're not very charismatic. It's like kind of people don't like to play with that as much. So Eivor does seem to be kind of, you know, like a callback to how it used to be. Certainly committed to her cause in my case and definitely charismatic and fun and and like excitable and stuff like that. And people like her in the world yeah. of the game. So it makes me like her. But that being said, I, I don't like um, Bayek Alexia slash Cassandra or I've Avor. I'm yeah, now I'm saying it wrong. Avor as much as past characters. And I think that's just simply because the past games, like I mentioned at the beginning, just really focused more on characters and how they specifically fit into that story. Whereas I think here, obviously, it's supposed to be a bit more vague so that you, the player, can kind of insert some of yourself into that character. And that's not on purpose. I respect that. But I certainly like Avor. I think Bayek. I really enjoyed quite a bit. Bayek was my like the best version of somebody like Connor they could have done, but they still gave Bayek kind of a fun-loving personality as well and a bit cheeky at times. So I think Bayek and Eivor are pretty even for me up until this point. So yeah, so that's high praise for me. I, I like them. I, I don't love it as much as the past, but still I'm enjoying playing as this character. Well, I'm really glad you mentioned Edward Kenway because uh, for me, Eivor is, is my personal favorite since Edward. And so mm. just... So, so the audience knows for for me that means Ezio is my favorite, followed by Edward Kenway and then Eivor. I think Eivor is really fun to play as um, in this world. And there was an option to make him just kind of like a brooding, bulky like meathead in this game. And I'm really glad that it didn't go this way. Like at times he's a poet, at times he can be romantic, at times he can be really funny, and then there are times where he can be really kind of dark and brooding like Connor is. Yeah. Um. So I kind of like all the range that is involved with Eivor. Um. And I've been having a really fun time. Uh, playing as him and I kind of like that you can tell he's having fun in combat as well because like I'm having fun with the combat in this game so just the fact that like you get a sense that the person you're playing as is having fun as well um, I think that makes it more of an enjoyable experience for me too yeah it's a good way to put it I think when your character is engaged in the world that they're in obviously if I'm going to play as that character in that world it's certainly a bit easier and more enjoyable when they seem to be enjoying and such an active participant in various forms, like you mentioned, they can they can fit into these different boxes. So I think that's a good way to put it. I I guess it's kind of weird now I'm thinking about it. I really do love most of the protagonists, even more so than probably most people. Like, I mean, what about the Fry twins from Syndicate or Arno from Unity? I really enjoyed some of those characters that nobody talks oh, I about. I forgot all about Arno. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I just remembered it just now what we were thinking. But I think all these characters have really 
positive attributes and elements so yeah and there's not any one that i like can't stand I, I know for a lot of people connor is like the least favorite but i i think i enjoyed three more than most people did and so Con- like connor still holds a fond place in my memory as well yeah i mean altair for me is easily the worst i mean he fucking sucked but then the cool thing was they br- <laughs> <laughs> they brought him back in revelations and actually made him extremely compelling in those flashbacks and i was like wow that was pretty cool that they got a chance to change that up so yeah even the characters like that that you know had a really shitty outing are able to kind of come back in some form and really reinvent themselves. So I I don't hate any of them. I think Connor gets a bad rap. I'm not a fan of him, but I certainly think he's more enjoyable than most people. So I guess all I'm saying is I think Assassin's Creed as a whole has done a good job with their protagonists. Honestly, (laughs) I'm not even joking. If you think about it, probably the worst in the series, whether it's canon or not, is Michael Fassbender in the movie. (laughs) That was bad. Well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see who the protagonist is in that Netflix show. Maybe that maybe they'll be worse than Michael Fassbender. I think it'll be Desmond. We'll see. I feel like they're going to try and go with the games, but who who the hell knows? But anyway, this is just a roundabout long answer. I I, I like A4 quite a bit so far. So speaking of the story, Austin, I wanted to get a quick kind of gauge. Obviously, we talked about where we're at in the narrative and what's going on. And obviously, without spoilers, I mean, do you like it? Do you like that this has been the story up until this point, coming to England and forming these alliances and kind of how whenever you go off to form an alliance, there's this own kind of branching story arc. So and how those fit together. So I guess, yeah. What do you think of the story itself? Are you enjoying it? Are you feeling compelled to keep going through it? Are you excited to see where it ends? Where are you at? I kind of was a little caught off guard that the bulk of the story is the alliances. Yeah. Um, Especially when you first come to England, like they they set up, hey, there's these two alliances you should go look into. And so I thought, like, I thought we were going to do the two alliances and then there was going to be kind of a different uh, direction the story was going to go. However, now that I've kind of realized that this is the main point of the game um, and that the settlement really is the heart of the game, I'm still really enjoying the story. Um, I think there was a, a way for the different alliances to feel very samey because it really is kind of the same premise for each region. You go, you go to each region, you meet with people, and then you work to form an alliance. But every story so far within each region is very different, and you do very different tasks, I think, in each one. So, so far, it still feels new every time I go to form an alliance, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen in that region. The only thing I will say is I think the setting of Norway uh, was way more visually pleasing to be in than england has been so far like england really is just a swampy region yeah so i do kind of wish more of the game was set in norway just because like the tall mountains there made the climbing in this one like really fun Mm -hmm. um and england is still fine it's really interesting there is really cool stuff to do there but i think in terms of just like being fun to look at norway was a, a more enjoyable setting for this portion of the game however vinland is a very beautiful place as well so that was kind of a nice little break from england for me and asgard's really pretty too yeah. so there are definitely ways to get away from england um but the bulk of the game is still in the, the swampy parts of england yeah asgard was gorgeous so i'm really excited to continue that storyline i have i have like the kind of the plants that you need to start it. I just am waiting to get through the story a bit more, but Asgard was like, it kind of blew me away in terms of just how it looked and how they, they differentiated themselves from obviously another popular version of Asgard with the MCU. And wow. Yeah. That was just a huge highlight. And like, I agree with you, Norway. I didn't expect to go to Asgard either. So that was awesome. I didn't either. Obviously Odin plays a role in the story, even for me, even though I'm not that far in, but I didn't actually expect that we would go there. So that was... Do you wish you were playing as Odin, though, when you're in Asgard? I know you're playing as, like, a, a vision of Eivor who thinks he's Odin, but do you wish, like, you were physically, like, like it looked like Odin instead of your main character? 
I guess I'll reserve judgment on that until I get through the Jotunheim quest, which I know is the second part of that, because they mentioned it. I I guess I'm just a bit confused, because we come out of it, and Eivor describes the experiences she just kind of lived through Odin and Asgard, but we the player did not. So I was just kind of like, um, yeah. So because I was going to say, if, if whenever it kind of zooms in on the character, I was like, oh, is this Odin? And I don't care that it wasn't. I, you know, obviously that's not a, a huge deal or a deal breaker. I, I just thought it was weird that we play as this character, Javi, there, who seems to be. I think Javi even says that he's the king in place of Odin while Odin's gone. Well, I looked it up, and Javi, Javi is a Norse term of affection for Odin. So it's still Odin. It's just like a nickname. What? Okay, okay. So maybe it's a. <laughs> well, that's weird then, because so maybe it's a younger Odin, but then. He refers to Loki as and Thor as his brothers. So maybe it's just a different version. I, I don't know. I want to. That's what I'm saying. I want to reserve judgment because I have to imagine the end of the next storyline will at least give us something. But I was a bit confused. Regardless, regardless, I, I think that Asgard's gorgeous and, like you said, Norway. Yeah, yeah. We we got off track with Asgard, but tell me what you think about the narrative. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think it's. I'm not, I don't love it. I don't love it. I think I, I was pretty engaged throughout the prologue. Like whenever we Sigurd comes home, we understand our place in that in that little mini kingdom, if you want to call it that. And then they introduce the hidden ones or so they seem. And then I was really intrigued. And then you go off basically against your king's orders to go kill this person that killed your family. So obviously there's a revenge and a drive there. And the way they incorporate the hidden ones there was really interesting. And then the Odin vision, I was like, oh my God, this is so, I have no idea what's happening in a good way. And then you go to England and then the world opens up in such a massive comparison to Norway. And that's where I got off track and kind of uh, collecting stuff and doing side quests. But the stuff I've done with the story so far has been, it's been fine. I think it's good. Um, I really liked the Sons of Ragnar storyline. That one was pretty cool. And like displacing a king was something I never thought I would do in a game like this. But it was really interesting. And I really liked the political ramifications and that aspect of the story, which I can't say for most. And then the Granted Bridge one, too, was was pretty cool in the way, like you said, it could have been the exact same thing, you know, and it could be the same as anything going forward. Like the whole goal is just to kill another Templar. But the way they kind of made this whole traitor aspect the forefront of that story that's kind of the object that's the lens like yes the goal is to go kill another bad guy but the main thing that they kind of pepper in there is this whole traitor aspect so it's like okay that feels different in a good way um that being said well and when you go do the when you go do the east anglia uh, alliance that's been a real highlight for me as well so i'm excited for you to do that one too nice nice yeah so i, I guess what i'm saying is I, I enjoy it there's no doubt it's just I guess there, it should be said that I didn't feel compelled enough to do the story. I, I would I, I went off to go do a bunch of side stuff in the meantime, and I came back to the story, and I was like, yeah, this is good. This is fine. I guess time will tell. If I get into more of these story arcs and I feel the same way you do, which is they are able to differentiate themselves, then great. But if not, if they get samey, I think that's something I'm not going to be loving. So, you know, we'll see. So far, so good. So throughout this series, they've also made an effort to kind of change the combat up, really kind of game the game, or maybe... Uh, main character to main character if you will um how's the combat working for you in this one and do you miss the kind of the old counter instant kill aspect or do you like more of the um health bar you know parrying countering like sword play mechanics that are kind of in the modern games yeah i miss free flow combat i always have ever since they kind of left that behind 
Uh, I don't know. I guess Syndicate would have been the last variant of that that we've seen. I miss it. I think I think it's kind of what I described earlier. I think those old Assassin's Creed games were the pinnacle of those types of games, whereas these are not the best open world third person RPGs. And I think one of the main examples is the combat. It's pretty weak for me. And it, and it is shocking that it hasn't really evolved at all since Origins. It just feels like the same really floaty combat where it's weirdly hard to dodge and roll at times. And then it's like, I feel like the distance and getting towards enemies can be tricky and hard to gauge at times. And it's just not that satisfying for me. Just hitting RB and right trigger, you know, over and over again until somebody dies. It doesn't feel as exciting as kind of like getting a, a nice counter in and then moving to somebody else, getting an insta-kill and then doing some counters and dodging and then, you know, taking out a bunch of guys that way. But it, it's not bad. I, I think it's fine. I just don't love it as much as the previous iteration. And it should also be noted here that you and I talked about this a little bit. I'm really not enjoying the weapon variety so far. Um, I know that it was a big thing in this game where you can equip different things in each of your hands. So that that's cool, the way they do that. And I've experimented that a little bit. But overall, I haven't really found anything that I've really liked besides the default axe. And I basically just took the axe and did some storyline stuff and did some side quests and collectibles and got a bunch of wealth and then just upgraded that all the way. So it's really good and really strong now. And then I just use a, a decent shield and a bow. And like I don't really feel like experimenting the same way I did in Origins and Odyssey with all the variants in their weapons. Whereas here, they do have some of it, but I don't really, at least so far, I'm not that compelled to try out just standard swords and maces and stuff like that. Like I'm not enjoying using those as much. Yeah, I, I will say in terms of just the combat really quick, um, there are aspects of the old games I miss. I do really miss how like timing a counter correctly resulted in a really cool kill animation and an instant kill. Mm -hmm. However, I don't miss just kind of standing still and taking turns, tapping Y over and over yeah. until I was done with like five people. Like I don't, I don't really miss that. So I like that the combat here challenges me and, and forces me to, you know, do use different techniques and, and try to parry and dodge. Um, in terms of the weapons, though, last time you and I talked, we were both kind of on the same page that we weren't really enjoying the weapons. And I know from what I've seen online, people were happy that they kind of did away with the crazy amount of loot that was in Odyssey and Origins. Yeah. Um, I kind of missed that. I, I thought it was I thought it made the combat more exciting because I was excited to loot people afterwards and see what weapons I could find. Mm -hmm. um, however, since you and I talked last, I did find a combo that I've had a lot of fun with. Mm -hmm. And it is, I have a, a single-handed hammer in one hand and then I have a, a two-handed axe in my other hand, mm. and that has been a blast to play as because the axe I have uh, lights people on fire. So um. whenever I finish through like uh, like quick attacks with the hammer, it then results in a spin, and the spin with the axe is always a critical hit, so it sets the weapons on fire, and that's been really fun. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. I'll have to, I'll have to, I guess I'll, I'll force myself to experiment a bit, find some cool things, and see what happens. I'm sure I'll like it more. Um yeah, that is a good point, though. Odyssey was certainly just so much weapons, so much loot. And I think I might be in the middle. I think there was way too much. But I still did like finding constantly new weapons, new outfits, and changing it up and having just a completely different look than anybody else. And making... And even late game, with yeah. killing higher level enemies, you've had the chance to still find good stuff. Yeah, that's very true. 
And here, it's like I've been wearing the exact same thing since the beginning and just leveling it up. And then I've killed a yeah. couple high-level enemies that have their own side quests, which is netting me some you know really cool-looking armor. So I, I, anytime I beat one of them, I put on the new piece of armor. But that's all I've been changing basically this entire time and just leveling those up. And then, like I said, using... When you say high-level enemies, have you been able to kill the zealots? Like the outer edge of the cult menu? Because I haven't been able to kill a single one. They're so frustrating for me to fight. I'm level 172, so I've killed I've killed a couple of them. Yeah, you're you're higher than me. Yeah. Even though you're you're less in the story. I'm I'm level 153. Yeah. I've just done so many side quests. I think that's the reason. But um yeah, I've killed a bunch of the members of the order and I've killed only probably two or three zealots who are on the outside, like you mentioned. Most of them seem to be in the 200s when it comes to levels, so I haven't been messing with them. Yeah. What I was referring to was the um, – in like East Anglia, you have the Daughters of Lyrian, which are those have – you, have you run into those yet? The ones where you like come up into this open arena and it's like, what's going on? Then you investigate this body that's been like hung in a sense and then you turn around and there's no. this – yeah, crazy enemy behind you. It's a boss fight. So a couple of them, I, I've been what are you, high enough level. What are you referring to as a side mission then? Does it go in your quest log? Because I maybe I'm missing side no, missions. No. Yeah. So the side missions- I know there's are, world encounters. Are the mysteries. That's what I'm referring to. Those are side- What I'm saying side oh, missions okay. are the world events slash mysteries. Some of them are longer than others. Okay. Yeah. I've done a few of those. I guess I just missed some of the ones that you're referring to. Yeah. Some of them are more interesting than others, obviously. Some of them are just quick conversations. So there's lots of variants there. But um, yeah, doing those has, I guess, helped with my leveling and stuff like that and kind of just understanding the world. So a couple of those are fights. And, when I, and the thing that has been giving me really good armor, I don't want to say what it's called because I think- it's pretty cool to find out on your own, but um, if you beat those fights, you just get really good armor is what I'm referring to. That's kind of what I like about this game is, is the focus on exploration. Yeah. Um, I think they've done a really good job making it compelling in this one. Absolutely. I think I think that's probably the, the main sell. It's probably the main reason to buy it is because you can go through these huge open worlds that have some variety to the way they look. Obviously, with England itself, not much, but at least with the other ones and the other aspects and places you can visit, there's so much variety and like they really do lean into even more here than Origins and Odyssey because like Austin just asked, you know, are these mysteries popping up in your quest log? And no, they're not. And they do that on purpose. I think when you start the game, I picked the default when it came to exploration. So maybe if, if you pick the easiest setting, maybe they will pop up in your quest log. But like, for example, I started a mystery at one point. And I wasn't really paying attention. I was just kind of drifting off while they were talking. And then they stopped talking. And then it, the, the mystery started. The quest line started. And I was like, oh, well, what happened? What do I do? And I had no idea what to do because it doesn't pop up in the quest. So I like left and came back and talked to them again and listened to what they said. And I was like, oh, okay. So that I'll, I'll pick up this thing and then walk with you to this place and understand your story and all that stuff. And obviously, there's more that are interesting. But the point is, you have to kind of figure it out on your own what's actually do. In some cases, it's... Not very obvious, and you have to kind of, I suppose, uh, either pay attention to what they're saying or just really be ready for what they're doing because some of them are a bit crazy. I've done a, uh, I've done quite a few of the, of the the world events that you're referring to, but all the ones that I've done have resulted in a new animal, either in my camp or on my ship. Have you had any of those? Yeah, I have had some of those. Those have been kind of fun. I have a wolf that's an ability, but I also see him in camp. I have a fox that runs around camp and like chirps at me. Mm -hmm. Then I have a cat on my boat that sits under my seat. Yeah, I think I have all those so far. It's just so funny to think like that you're just heavily armored Viking who has this like flock of animals <laughs> following know. you around. Yeah, I, I, it's kind of cute. I love it though. Yeah, me too. 
But I think I think that's that's something to be said. I think the idea of exploration and giving you, the player, more agency when it comes to just these random events you can stumble across is pretty interesting and something I'm definitely not used to. I'm used to just like walking over, starting the side mission, and then it tells me, it gives me like a little marker of where to go. And it's like, okay, I'll go there. But here it's like you have to figure that out for yourself based on context clues and stuff they say in the conversation. Um like, for example, one I stumbled across was these two dudes that were just arguing outside of the house. And one of them just said, I can't believe you forgot the torch. And they were just talking. And I was like, what are they talking about? And then I left and came back and they said the same thing. I was like, and I looked over at the house and I just like kept like looking from them back to the house. I was like, is this what I'm supposed to do? So I just like pulled out my torch and burned it down. And then it just started this entire funny quest line with like, Oh, wow. Okay. Thanks for bringing that torch. We were trying to burn the house down. Then like, oh shit, we left a bunch of stuff inside. So then you have to like break into the house as it's burning down and like help them find stuff. And then they're like, then you, of course you realize that there was nothing inside at all. And then it's just, there's some funny stuff like that. I had one that was a guy uh, waiting for his friends to return. Um, and, and he just, he says that whenever you literally go and hit the speak button, he says, my friends aren't back yet. Mm-hmm. And then, but if you stick around and you listen to the song he's singing, he's singing like the hunt starts at dawn. So then I was like, oh, maybe I should meditate until it's dawn. And I did that. And then the actual side mission started, That's cool. which is really cool. That's neat. I like, I like that. I like that they're leaning more into that kind of giving you the ability to <laughs> just not, I just like that they're taking away the marker, like the quest marker for just the small world events like that. That's pretty cool. And it makes me feel like I'm actually exploring yeah. more than in previous games. So in addition to really having a focus on exploration, um, it also seems like they're really making an effort to bring on kind of earlier elements of this franchise that we, we kind of touched on this earlier, but I'll just kind of run through some of these. The Hidden Blade is back. You know, putting your cloak up and blending in crowds or sitting on benches is also back. Uh, the Brotherhood has a larger presence here. Even like the settlement upgrades from Assassin's Creed 3 are in this one. Um, and then there's also kind of like there was in Assassin's Creed 2 and Brotherhood. Uh, there's also multiple maps in this one as well. So what do you think about them kind of making an effort to bring in these earlier elements of the franchise? Do you think it's working here or do you think they kind of need to pick what they want to be for future games? It's definitely working for me, and I think it's a combination of nostalgia, and that's the era of Assassin's Creed stories that I'm most interested in. And it makes sense, because what? Like, AC1 starts in the Crusades in, like, the 1100s. This one's mid to late 800s. So, at this point, it is like, okay, we're kind of leaning back into the old stuff, because that's, like, the time period we're getting close to. So, it makes sense, and it's also just fun to see some similar stuff. So, yeah, like you mentioned... It was nice seeing the Hidden Blade back and actually using it for a purpose as opposed to Origins, where it was just kind of almost an accident and still understanding how it works. So here it's back, but still in kind of a fun, different way where, you know, wearing it on the front of the hand again instead of the underhand to cut off your finger. I love that line where he's like, I'm not cutting off my finger like you dumbasses did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I like I like seeing that. And then you're right. Yeah, I definitely noticed pretty quick. Oh, I see like some of the similar benches and I can I can blend in with monks and stuff by putting my hood up. So I, I like that. The sediment upgrades are huge for me. I That was one of my favorite parts of like AC2 Brotherhood. Um, and AC3, like you mentioned, is just really building up your settlement. And whenever you build up certain aspects, it'll give you like discounts. And sometimes it'll like give you, um, like buffs, like, you know, better damage when in certain aspects and it'll give you missions. And have you done a feast yet? I haven't, but I can. I have the ability to. I just haven't done it yet. You should do it. Okay. It's cool too. Cause like the more stuff you upgrade, like if you add a brewery or like a bakery, then throughout the animation of the feast, you see that stuff start appearing on the table. Mm. So like every time you do a feast after more upgrades, they're longer and they're more involved, which is really cool. Oh, nice. Okay. I definitely have to do that. And then they also give you like expanded health for like a certain amount of time. Uh, Like it'll be like, uh, because of this feast, you have additional health for like two days. So it's worth it too for the story. hmm. Okay. Very cool. 
And then, yeah, like you mentioned, I also like how there's more places to go to. It's not just the huge Egypt map or the huge um, Greece map here. We actually have different places we can travel to, which is pretty neat. And I like that aspect. So, yeah, I don't think they need to commit to a lane yet. I think right now it makes sense that there's some familiar elements creeping back in because of where we're at in the timeline and such. Yeah, I was really happy to see a lot of this return as well. Um, especially when it comes to stealth, I really didn't realize how much I missed the Hidden Blade until like it actually I had it in this one because it's been absent for a few games now. I will say, though, I don't ever feel a need to be stealthy in this game, um, especially with how fun the raiding is and how you can like blow your horn to call your boys to come help you fight. Um, so I think they do need to do a better job of figuring out, like, do we want portions of this map to really require you to be stealthy or do we want this to be an all out action RPG? Um, because whenever things go wrong, when I am trying to be stealthy, which happens like quite a bit, it's really hard to be stealthy in this one. I feel like then I just always break out into like all out combat. Like I don't feel a need to like start the mission over or anything like that. Like there's no consequences for not using stealth in this one. Yeah, that's a great point. I think stealth has kind of gone out the window these last few games, which is a shame based on where it started and the fact that they do try and put an emphasis on it. And it's just not good, in my opinion. It's just kind of a bad stealth game now. Um, the quick time stealth animation for higher level bosses is a cool yeah, uh, mechanic, though. It is. Because it is like a risk reward type deal. Yeah, I like those as well. Yeah, I, that is certainly something I miss going back to what i'm trying to think of like one of the better ones when i came to stealth maybe even three maybe um unity was a good one when it came to stealth like it actually felt like you could go through these huge garrisons and just take out everybody completely silently and just look at what you did and like nice whereas here yeah it's possible like i know i certainly have had moments in these last three bigger open world games where i've like taken out entire like fortresses or something like for the most part with stealth and that it's fun it just i think the best way to put it is like you said it's just it doesn't feel like that's how i'm supposed to do it anymore the way some of these places are set up and structured with like the various levels and where guards are placed it feels like i'm supposed to get through some of them stealthy and then I'm supposed to maybe, like, finish off the rest of them. And then sometimes, like, I don't know about you, but, like, in old games, maybe it wasn't realistic. But if you ran away and were out of sight of people, you could hide, like, in grass or a haystack and they would go away. Whereas multiple times in this one, like, I'm, I'm like, trying to escape conflict. I'm out of sight and I hide somewhere. And then you'll just see them run, like, a mile up to me. And then just stand outside of the oh, grass and just attack me. I'm like, okay, I guess why is this even in here? Like, why are you putting in these like stealthy areas if it doesn't work? I've literally ran like two villages over and still had a fucking wolf on my heels oh my God. in this one. Yeah. Like they do not break line of sight at all. Yeah, kind of annoying. So yeah, I, I, I that's one thing I will concede on. I think it would be nice to see them somehow find a way to get a bit more stealth back in there. Just because it's really fun in Assassin's Creed when it works and it doesn't feel like they want it to here. So in terms of stealthiness, this kind of does tie into our next point. Uh, what are your hopes and dreams for the future of this franchise? Is there like a, a specific time frame that you're hopeful we'll, we'll get to? Um, I know Vikings had been requested for a while. I think obviously the, the really popular one too is Samurai. Um, however, we, we have gotten that recently in another game with Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, I think uh, Samurai has certainly been what they've been asking for the most. They did do, um, uh, what was it? They, they did do some really fun, actually, AC like 2d like side scrolling one game. which were actually pretty fun so but i get what people are saying they want like a huge ability to explore like open world 
uh, feudal Japan or whatever. I get that. I honestly, like you said, though, after Ghost of Tsushima, I don't know if they will. Because one of the things I, I always compared it to my thoughts on Spider-Man PS4, which I it's a game I enjoyed, but I always re- I was like, I feel like Arkham did it better in pretty much all aspects. So I like Spider-Man, but it's just not as refined for me. Whereas Ghost of Tsushima just didn't feel quite as refined or as interesting as like some of the past Assassin's Creed's. Great sword play, though. Yeah, that was the best. The combat was just brilliant. And I love the story and the acting was fantastic. But I, I don't see Assassin's Creed ever doing that now. That being said, I don't know. I was thinking about this earlier when you broached this point, and I don't know. Like, what other time time periods could they go to necessarily? I think they've given us maybe they haven't given us like full games for everything we've asked for, but they have given us hints. Like, I know Egypt was a big one for a long time. World War II is one they've said that they're never going to do, but they even even that one. That's what I was going to say. I would be so interested. I don't know how it would work, but I would see. I would be so interested to see their take on how assassins could have played a role in World War II. Like the assassin and Templar within the gra- the grander schemes of World War II, I think would be so cool. Yeah, they gave us a hint of it. I have no clue how it would work mechanically, but I think it's a really cool idea. Yeah, I don't think they were going to do it. They gave us a hint of it in Syndicate. In Assassin's Creed Syndicate, there was a animus an anomaly yeah, that was cool. where you could go run up to it on the edge of the Thames and like enter it and then you were all of a sudden playing as Jake, Jacob Fry's granddaughter and you had like started a mission with Winston Churchill and then it like literally it's just this quick mission that is like oh this is how assassins could have actually functioned in this setting so that was cool but I don't know. I feel like they have, if we go back like years, I feel like they've crossed off most of the big ones that people have been asking for and now they're kind of in this weird little moment in time because with Assassin's Creed 1, obviously there was some um, exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, it started with Assassin's Creed 1 and then it moved forward chronologically game to game. Assassin's Creed 4 was a different one because like you went from playing as Connor to playing as Connor's granddad. Assassin's Creed Rogue was one of those that like kind of went back in time a little bit, but basically they kept moving forward in time up to... Unity and Syndicate, where we're in like the late 1800s, and maybe with one of the Syndicate DLCs with like the Jack the Ripper, maybe that was early 1900s. I don't know. My point is, we got pretty damn close to modern day. And then with Origins and Odyssey, they went back way back to do kind of obviously the titular origins of both the Hidden Ones, the Assassins, and the Templars with Odyssey. So it's like, and now they've moved forward pretty big, like 800 years with Valhalla. So it's like, if they do another one, are they going to bridge the gap more between Valhalla and AC1? Will they try and go back and do something between Origins and Valhalla? Or will they just do something, maybe they'll just kind of forget about time and like not worry about that and just like, hey, you know, this takes place like 500 years later. We're just going to explore it because it's cool. Did we already kind of explore this in previous games? Sure, but here's like a different setting. Maybe that's what they'll do. I don't know. I don't know if there's like one time period that I'm hopeful for at this point because we've gotten so many. What about you besides World War II? Um, I know this was kind of done at like way back in AC1, but I wouldn't mind a full-fledged Crusades game. I think that would be really interesting, especially it would kind of be like their chance to kind of redo AC1, if that makes sense. I guess the assassin in that time frame would have to be Altair, though. So I'm not sure if they would ever broach that time frame, but I think a, a full-on um, Crusades type game could be really interesting as well. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, though, it's like... World War II is something, like we said, they hinted out with Syndicate. They probably couldn't do a full game. I don't know how that would work. But what could be a bit cooler, because there could be ways to have similar landscapes to how they look 
almost in these last games, a bit more barren, but still it's not as advanced as World War II and stuff like that. Maybe World War One could work a bit better, only because... Hell yeah, we can run into Wonder Woman. I was going to say, I mean, stuff like Wonder Woman 1917 and just media in general seems to be a bit more interested in World War One these days. Obviously, there's been such a fascination and influence on the media that World War Two has had, whereas, you know, the Great War, World War One, as they called it back then, you know hasn't really had that as much until recently. So maybe they could do that, you know, just to give people that want World War II, maybe the conceit is that they do World War I. I don't know. You know what also, now that I'm thinking about it, it would be a great setting for Assassins and Templars would be the Cold War as well. Yep. I don't know how that would be open world. Yeah, that's that's but, the thing. That's uh, the thing. Because I, I you know. completely agree. I think that could honestly, doing it in these big wars, even the Civil War, for God's sakes, I mean, giving us like an open world United States and just doing the conflict between the North and the South and maybe how Assassins and Templars fit into that. Something like that could work amazingly well. And I, in fact, I think probably better than most of the series in terms of different ideologies and having literally two sides in this war and how that works. And and that's the most interesting aspect of a, of a World War II, World War One setting to me would be like an open world World War Two or World War One game, like that's I don't think that's ever been done before. So I think that could be really interesting to see like how like maybe a, while exploring the world you come across battles and then you like kind of get sucked into them. Like I think that could just be so interesting. I mean, if they were able to pull it off, I think it would be huge. It would be a big deal. It would be really something we have not seen. Like you said, it's just a matter of how can they take what they've done with the last three games and modernize it because you have to have depending on where you set it, you have to have like bigger cities, which means more detail. I mean, think about it from a development standpoint. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's a lot easier to make something like Valhalla where you don't have to like kind of design or make too many cities. Most of it is just sprawling landscape as opposed to something like in the early 1900s. Like you have to put more time and maybe more detail than they want to because It'll in, like invite some criticism. I don't know. I think it would be really interesting. I know I would like to play it like you. It's just a matter of, is that even possible for them? So do you think we're ever going to get back to having our main character be a full-fledged assassin member, like an Ezio, like an Altair? Or do you think we're always going to continue with kind of these one-off characters who happen to intertwine with the Brotherhood, but haven't really been like kind of born in and accepted this creed yet? They just kind of uh, use the assassin mechanics as it benefits their own stories. Yeah, I'm tired of how they've been doing it. And that's not even a problem with the recent games. That's something they've been doing for a long time. I mean, I mean, in fact, have they ever not done that? I mean, I guess Assassin's Creed 1, honestly, Altair was already a full-fledged assassin. In AC2, he Ezio wasn't, and then in the Ezio trilogy, obviously, in the later games, he already is. But 3, 4, Unity, Syndicate, like, Syndicate actually, no. But mo- my point is, most of these games... And I get it because it's just like a tried and true story is like, we'll have it be about whenever they encountered the assassins and like be, accepted that creed. I'm, I'm tired of it. I would like something different. It would be cool to see somebody, even if the story's about them kind of meeting the assassins, it would be nice for once to not have that be at the end of the game. I'd love to see them accept it early on and then actually be a part of that creed. Just give us something different. I'd also like to go back to a time when the the Assassin's Brotherhood was at its full height as well, yeah. and also actually had a lot of members. I'm kind of sick of these, like, we're just establishing a borough, or or in the case of this one, they're abandoned boroughs. Like, I kind of want to get back to having an actual order, actual people to report to, like, uh, people that are involved in this struggle besides just yourself. Which is honestly kind of one of my favorite parts of this game, is that there are 
actually two Assassin's members here that you would interact with on a regular basis. So that's been really cool to see, but I hope we get more of that in the future. I guess the problem is I'm like literally running through it in my head now because it's like the 1100s ostensibly is whenever they're at their peak and then Ezio in the 1500s kind of repopularized it and then the Assassins are at their peak once again. So then moving forward from that point, it's like, yeah, what story do you tell and where in the world do you put it? Like from the 1600s to modern day. And then once you get towards like the 1900s, you're really pushing on like, do you want to put all this detail in here? Like, I don't know. And also the problem is now it's like if they do like World War One or two, it's like they're probably just going to end up reusing assets from something like Syndicate. So it's like, I know they want to challenge. I don't know, though. Yeah, it's tough to say, like, where can we put a story where they're at their peak that we haven't seen yet in some form? So I'm sure that's also a challenge for them. All right. Well, you know, it sounds like the both of us, you know, we've been playing this series forever. I, I don't think you and I were ever going to stop playing this franchise. So I think we're still excited for the future. I'm excited to see what they do with the rest of this franchise. And I hope they find a way to really blend kind of the older elements of the games that worked along with these new versions of the game and really make a complete uh, Assassin's Creed story in the future. Yeah, I'm there with you. There's obviously problems. There has been this series for a long time, and I think it should be noted to people out there listening, whether you're a fan or not. It doesn't seem like they're really fixing a lot of these issues, especially when it comes to glitches and bugs. But that being said, man, I'm so bought into this series. It means so much to me that I can't not it's continue still so with it. Fun. Yeah, exactly. It's still it's still great, in my opinion. So I'm never going to stop. And who knows if they're going to stop. I don't know. But at this point, like we mentioned, I have no idea where they're going to go because it feels like they're kind of caught up to AC1. So at this point, it feels like they have even more freedom. It's like, you know what? We don't need to stick to moving forward chronologically. Let's just tell the story we want. And maybe that will lead to some cool games in the future, whether they're huge open worlds or maybe smaller, more contained stories where they can focus on a more interesting time period. I'm excited. I'm always excited whenever I hear rumors and then see trailers for the new Assassin's Creed game. It's always just so exciting and I can't wait for more. I love this Viking stuff too. I'm so happy we got a lot of it with God of War. I'm happy we're getting it here. After I finish this game, it's making me want to go watch that Viking show from the History Channel uh, that's on Netflix. So I think I'm going to do that. So just give me all the Viking content. I'm loving it. I agree. I'm right there with you. And then I can't wait for the Netflix show too, like you mentioned. Like, gosh, there's so much good Assassin's Creed stuff. I think there's like like an anime. They're yeah. doing like an anime show, like the vein of Castlevania on Netflix, and then they're also doing the live action. So I'm glad that people seem and to I enjoy have faith this in series. Netflix. Yeah, me too. Can't be worse than that Michael Fassbender movie. So no. we'll have to see what we get from that show. Netflix weirdly seems to know what they're doing when it comes to that kind of thing. I mean, Castlevania is the best like video game adaptation. I'm not even a big Castlevania fan, but I love that show. So I trust that for their next big original video game follow-up, they're going to get the right people in the right seats. I think Ubisoft is involved to a degree, so it's like at least they're going to let the creators have a say. Well, but Ubisoft was involved in I was just going to say, <laughs> the second I said it, I was like, oh, fuck. Uh <laughs> That's such a bad movie, man. They literally just remade Assassin's Creed I hope the animus is some weird robotic Palpatine arm. Oh, that is kind of what it looked like. Yeah, that, that movie, we had high hopes. We saw that one. We had to get drunk after. In theaters. We sad. Oh, yeah, we saw it in theaters. We were one of like the two people that saw it. Um, <laughs> well, three. We dragged Keith along, even though he could never get past the first recruiting your uh, own brotherhood assassin in, in AC Brotherhood. Yeah, Austin and I have recommended a lot of video games to Keith over the years. You're probably not going to see him show up on many of our video game related content because he could not get past the prologue for Arkham Origins. And he could not get past the recruiting your brotherhood member in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. He kept accidentally knocking them off cliffs and then just gave up. And the only reason we've gotten him to play PUBG and Warzone is because they were both free. Anyway, he's a good guy. (laughs) (laughs) 
That is why when we launch our side gaming show, it's probably just going to be the duo, Austin Terry and Matt Johnson. I want Keith on some of them. I think it would be funny just to have him ask questions. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll see what happens, man. This is exciting stuff. We will have Keith back, though, of course, because this weekend we have another episode of The Mandalorian coming out. So episode four, we'll review that. And Austin, what other episodes of the main show do we have coming up for the rest of the year? Yeah, everyone, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss any of our upcoming content. At The Arnie's is our social. TheArnie's.media is the website. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you share us with a friend. That really is the best way to help us continue to grow the show. Even if it doesn't seem like it, that really does help us. Um, We'll be back on Sunday, as Matt said, for our Mandalorian episode. And then we'll be back on Tuesday for our main episode. And it'll be time for another bracket. We'll be debating the best sports movie. I'm excited. I love these brackets. I love preparing for them. It's going to be another great one. Lots of fun episodes, man. And I feel like we keep having to add bonuses to the schedule. Like we just find out Wonder Woman's actually coming out this year with HBO Max. We've got to add that. We have Cyberpunk coming out. So maybe we'll try and do an ep- like a bonus episode. Who knows? Maybe at the end of the year, we'll try and do like a bonus where we just like recap the games we played in 2020 in quarantine. Who the hell knows? But we keep having to add I'm stuff. I'm hoping to have the PS5 by then. So maybe I can talk about some new console stuff. Lots to do. Lots to talk about. But it's an exciting time. And we have lots of great episodes coming down the pipeline. But in the meantime, feel free to like and follow us over at The Arnie's on Instagram. That's our social. And our website is thearnies.media. You can check out our schedule, all our good stuff over there. If you want to send us a DM, though, on Instagram, let us know. What are your thoughts on Assassin's Creed Valhalla so far? Are you liking it? Are you not liking it? Again, what are your thoughts on The Mandalorian since we're talking about that? And then what are your favorite sports movies? Let us know. And then once we do our bracket episode, we'll get back in touch with you and we'll see if you liked or didn't like our choices. And whatever you say in those DMs, we will read it on the show. So there you go. That is my piece. You're welcome. (laughs) I mean, at this rate, with all these bonuses, we're going to have an Arnie's episode every day of the week. You're just never going to be able to get rid of us. So you might as well share us with a friend and help us grow. I know. We keep having to add stuff, man. I'm having a fun time, though. I like that. Well, I like what we're adding, yeah, but it's a blast. It's a lot. We're having a great time. So it's good stuff. Good stuff all around. All righty. Well, we will see you on Sunday and then again on Tuesday. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you later. See ya. <laughs>